0: Good afternoon. I'm just going to check because I am not imagining many people alive right this very second. I'm actually in the right place, which would be good. And yes, I can see that I am in the right place. I wanted to come in because obviously I'm on the other side of your check-ins and I felt like there was some similar themes so I thought what would be good is to pop on a live and have a little chat about some of the things that were coming up and I'll pop it into a podcast too because I know for me sometimes I like content I can just put in my ears and get out in to the kind of sunshine there's not really any sunshine out there but there is a little bit of daylight still. Um, So the similar themes that are coming when people are checking in there's a lot of worry or concern around what to do now the Christmas season feels like it's approaching quite rapidly I think it feels like you just kind of get Halloween out the way and then suddenly everything is kind of in the run-up to Christmas and everyone's very crazy to see everyone because something terrible might happen if you don't catch up with every single person that you know before Christmas So firstly, I'm hoping, and this is going to redirect you to that deep self-love workshop that we had with Debbie Edwards, that you are really trying to challenge those behaviours that are keeping you stuck in operating systems that don't really serve you. So maybe it's the operating system of people pleasing or trying to kind of keep up with everybody, this kind of sense of perpetual forward motion where you're just really in this whirlwind and you're never really checking in to actually think about what is important to you and what kind of loving yourself much more deeply would look like what would it look like if you actually put yourself first before making some of these decisions and I have been listening as ever to many, many podcasts. And there was one, I didn't really share it on last week's podcast, but it was this idea or this notion of kind of counting backwards. And I do think it's quite interesting when you start to think about the life that you want to lead and the kind of impact maybe that you want to have on the world to kind of bear this in mind maybe when it comes to making decisions. So apparently there are these diaries and there are these calendars that will count your life backwards. So it would tell you, it would sort of calculate how long you are likely to live. And then basically it gives you a countdown to your death day to kind of make sure that you're reminded to prioritize the things that are really, really important to you, the things that matter. So although I'm not sure I'm going to be rushing out to buy one of these calendars, it does help you put things into perspective. And I think sometimes, particularly when life gets really frenetic and really crazy, we can fail to kind of see the bigger picture. And we really need to make sure that we are prioritizing the things that are important to us, that we're thinking about like the top three things in life that really matter to us at the moment, and making sure that the decisions we are making are aligned with those things that are super important to us, and they're not distracting us. And that we're not going down a pathway of putting other people's needs before our own or people pleasing or showing up to things half-heartedly when actually would much prefer to be doing something else. And it, it did make me think a little bit because not only did they talk about this idea of the uh, counting back calendar, but they also, um, there was a a woman being interviewed and she actually talked about the fact that, I mean, she obviously had, unlike me, a very mathematical brain, but she has a seven-year-old daughter and she was working out how many kind of coffee dates they have every week or every year. So she was sort of thinking, oh, I think now we've had like 450 because we always go out for this like coffee and cake date once a week but then she actually took the the maths forward and she was like well the likelihood is by the time my daughter's like 14 she's not going to want to be having coffee with me every week so she kind of worked out how many times she had left to have that experience with her daughter and then it made her really reevaluate how she wanted to be using that time so she wants to be um, engaged with her daughter she wants to make sure that she's not looking at her phone so again just that little reminder when you are starting to feel the crazy panic of Christmas and having to catch up with literally anyone who is a Facebook friend it's not necessary and actually making sure that you are not responding straight away that you are taking a moment you can use things like I'm gonna have to check my calendar um, and then just actually rather than even check your calendar check is that where you're wanting to put your energy your time is that with this one precious incredible life you've got what situations and scenarios do you want to put your time and energy into because in my opinion it'd be much better to turn up to a couple of things that you really want to do, then try and turn up to everything and then just feel like you have put you last. I want you to keep thinking, what would putting me first in this situation look like? What response would I give if I was trying to love myself even more deeply right now? Um, And it doesn't mean always just kind of taking the easy route and a hundred percent we need connection with people, but we need meaningful, real connection with people. So you need to just make sure that you are choosing your occasions, that you are choosing where to spend your energy, because I really don't want you, if you're existing in this group, I don't want you coming into January feeling like you need a reset. I want you to hopefully be excited about returning to your majority habits. I want you to feel um, excited about nourishing in the way that you do for the majority of the year, because the likelihood is you're going to have had some really joyful social meals that probably haven't had um, your your dream nutritional plate method style meal coming out as a result because maybe in that instance you chose and selected something that was more important at the time like I hope you have occasions like that but it might be that every single uh, day of the week You don't want to be having occasions like that in the run up to Christmas because it makes you feel depleted. It makes you feel exhausted. It doesn't do your um, body any good. And you're likely going to start to run yourself into the ground, feel tired, exhausted, sluggish, um, like you need to do something really extreme to reverse the really extreme way you were behaving over Christmas. And I really want you, if you are existing in this space, to be realizing that you don't need to be more extreme, you need to be more consistent. And it's just that imperfect action. So if you've had a big night out, a big Christmas meal or a run of them, that's absolutely fine. If you still pan out and look at the majority of your week, or look at the majority of that month. There are still so many moments where you can make sure that you are nudging yourself back to the, the thriving behaviors, the behaviors that you know really suit you, the behaviors that are just making you feel better in your body, because you don't have to just hit the fuck it bucket and be like, wow, wow, I've got like three social occasions this week, so there's no point trying. Yes, there is still point in engaging in the behaviours that are making you feel so wonderful, and that is going to be movement, and it is going to be looking for the vegetables. It's going to be looking for the protein. It's going to be getting some form of resistance training in, but it doesn't have to be perfect. You might have to be really thinking about flexibility in your attitude towards training. It might be that you need to discover exercise snacking and the joy of doing a 10 minute workout or doing 10 press-ups or holding a plank for a minute or whatever it is that you can fit in, you are going to have to practice maybe a little bit more flexibility. But I also, I mean, maybe it's just me. I also don't feel like I really have to change my training pattern too much because actually, More isn't always more. And if you're looking to fit in three workouts in a whole week, I mean, some of you may be much more popular than me and going out like way more, but I think it probably is possible to still find those moments where you can vote for being the type of person that still puts you and your health and your well being first. And I know for me, that is so integrally tied with how I'm nourishing my body and how I'm training it. So I hope it is for you too. And just remembering, You don't have to, you get to. So if you decide to go the other way and be like, I am going to kick the bucket bucket and I'm going to be in it like constantly throughout December. That's absolutely fine if you're choosing to do it, but you don't have to choose to do it. And there has been a little bit of a, a narrative that you can hear in some check ins about, well, I'm already thinking I'm going to need to reset in January. And if you've already got these like thoughts or if you're already thinking, well, I always really struggle as soon as the kids are off or I really struggle when there's like multiple social occasions, um, I know I'm just going to go off track and I'm going to have to reset in January. That's a really stuck operating system. And that's probably an old operating system that you you still have a belief around. You still have a belief about this all or nothing. You don't really believe or trust yourself that you can just kind of pick yourself back up, realign yourself in the next moment that you get to either move or nourish or have a moment to do even like a 10 minute um, episode of training. So I really want you to hear that voice that starts to say things like, you know i'm going to need to reset in january and get really curious about it because if the voice is there it's going to be much easier for to you uh, for you to align your actions with being the type of person that will 100% need to be resetting in january because it's the story you're telling yourself instead you could tell yourself a better story i'm the type of person who is going to carry on like looking for vegetables looking for protein looking for opportunities and moments to move Thinking about all the benefits when routine is out, it might be that kids don't need to be got up and got ready in the mornings that actually you can reclaim like half an hour or you get up a little bit earlier before everybody else gets up to prioritize yourself because you know things are are going to, uh, as the day proceeds, get more and more tricky to fit things in that align with the type of person you want to be. So it might take a bit more planning. It's definitely going to take a bit more flexibility of thinking, but just get really curious as soon as you hear these little voices going of like, oh, you know, I'm out like three times next week. There's no way I can kind of think about it. Is there really, really no way? I mean, even when you're eating out, it would be a very strange restaurant if it wasn't serving vegetables and protein. And you don't need to have three courses every time you go out for a meal, you can do. But if that isn't aligning with the goal you've chosen, then you need to, well, you need to do one of two things. You either need to decide that you've got a silly goal for the Christmas season, and it isn't going to work out and it's going to make you feel deflated and flat and like you're failing, or you need to make choices that align with the goal that you've chosen. So if you really are seeking a fat loss goal at the moment, you have to really make sure that you've got a fantastic why and that you know that that why is so strong that it's going to be quite easy or not easy, but it's going to be easier to make choices that align with that goal. Because if you just have this arbitrary, I want to like feel a bit um, leaner for Christmas, it's not going to be enough. And you're just going to be in this perpetual cycle of feeling like you're kind of not in alignment, because you'll still be going out and then drinking and eating in a pattern of, um, or a style of, Eating and drinking, that's not going to be really aligning with your fat loss goals. So, I would 100% say to anybody who is actively kind of seeking to deplete their fat stores across this period of time, you need to be really clear on your why. And I do have like a values sheet. So, if you need reminding, I think I pinned it a long time ago, but I can resend it or maybe I'll repin it under this live. But do kind of just double check like, what are the top three things that are really important to you? And then if fat loss is um, one of the things that you're striving for at the moment, make sure that you're tying it to the things that are most important to you at the moment, because it's gonna make your resolve that little bit stronger. If you're like, oh, okay, I've got a real value around health at the moment. I'm really trying to improve my health or you know, to get into that healthy BMI. Like, what is the reason that I'm trying to do that? Okay, so family is really important to me at the moment. Um, I want to be like a great role model to my kids. I want to be around for my kids. I want to have more energy. So really start to get down into the fine detail of why you're selecting the goal. So once you have chosen a goal, it's always really good to kind of ask yourself why as many times as you possibly can until you get to the real reason, because nobody's going to be able to physically see you losing the fat as such, like you're not going to walk around with a scale weight on your head. And hopefully, if you've been here long enough, you are, you know, absolutely not engaging in that metric anymore, because I don't think it's massively useful to anyone I've yet worked with to really track it. Um, So again, just really getting quite kind of granular into the detail of why is this important why am I selecting this goal why does it matter how does it tie in with what's most important to me at the moment because then actually making the choices becomes much easier because it's not just this sort of flippant. oh well you know I can't think of a different goal that would be uh valuable it's always like fat loss fat loss I feel like people cling to when actually it might serve you better to be thinking about having a performance goal um or it might be better for you to be thinking about getting some consistency in being in action of nourishing your body better of learning how to build a plate of food like you might be better served to have an action goal and then let the other stuff just sort itself out in the background Because there is no point achieving kind of fat loss or getting down to that dream weight if you don't enjoy the behaviors that took you there. So if you um, end up kind of, breaking down that communication between how your body wants to be fed and you end up destroying a relationship with food and really resenting exercise and not liking it. And that's the journey that's got you to living in this body that you kind of thought you always wanted to be in. You're not going to stay in that body very long. So it is basically pointless in my opinion, unless you have, I don't know, a one-off event or photo shoot. And even then, is it really worth destroying your relationship with food? And your relationship with your body overdoing something that, you know, is just going to last such a short period of time. So just get really, really curious is what I want to say to you. And really think about think about your why. And if you haven't done the values piece of work, I um, encourage you to do that. And I know with some of my one-to-one check-ins, I've been asking you to refill them in. And writing it down is obviously essential. And if you've been here a while, you'll know that I think... It's basically like a form of forced journaling. So it's really going to make you start thinking a little bit more and get a bit curious about what you write down. Which brings me on to a question that somebody asked and journaling may possibly be the answer, which is why I'm making this little segue. And it was a question around why, if I'm left alone in the house, do I get this kind of like almost Pavlovian response of just wanting to go and eat all of the kind of like forbidden food or all the kind of treat food. And I think the answer is really in the question. So it's the fact that these foods that are in your house have been restricted. That means you have this compulsion to go and seek them out when nobody else is around. And I'm not sure with this person yet, if they have um, looked at the emotional eating PDFs and podcasts yet and if you haven't I would definitely ask you to spend some time in that part of the members area so read the PDFs have a little listen along to the podcast and the journal prompts because there's a lot to kind of unpack and if you really like even if you wrote it down like if you wrote down that question you would have to start to get really curious about why you're wanting to do this behavior when you're alone there's obviously Some feeling that it's a bit shameful, um, that it's something that you don't want other people to see. There's something about the types of food. The food, I think, was was described as things like, you know, the chocolate, the crisps, all of those kind of calorie dense, um, really highly palatable foods that are the ones that kind of cool from the kitchen and I I know it because I used I don't hear it very much anymore occasionally but you know that kind of like I'm I'm in the cupboard come and eat me uh kind of calling that you can get so um you just have to really start thinking and it will come from a place probably of feeling quite shameful about your relationship with these foods or the way maybe that you consume them it doesn't feel like it's a sharing experience or a social experience or just you enjoying it at a level that is comfortable and um, delicious it's obviously it sounds like it is more that you are eating in a Um, more kind of closeted way, you don't want other people to see. So I'm imagining you're probably eating more of it than you want. You're not waiting till everyone goes out to eat one biscuit. I'm imagining it's that feeling of wanting to eat the whole pack or kind of eat beyond fullness. So definitely revisiting the workshop on emotional eating, and then to start to get really curious. And I would say it may be an indication that there's still too much restriction around those foods. And it is a really, really tricky thing with emotional eating, because you could just say, oh, don't have those foods in the house, like banish them. But for loads of us, that's not really the way we want to live. And we want to be showing our kids that you can have all types of food in the cupboard, um, but you can still decide and choose appropriate times to be eating those more minority foods. So not just always you know, diving in and having as much of them as you want. And the interesting thing is we probably parent our kids around foods like that, but we we don't have anyone to parent ourselves. We feel this lack of control, a lack of autonomy around these foods, and we feel like they've got this power. And the easiest way to take food's foods power away and that kind of feeling that you would never stop if you started is – is doing that kind of deeper work around your beliefs around that food. And if you really do start to think about it, I don't know, say you've got a packet of biscuits in the cupboard. If I asked you when you were kind of like not hungry, like, oh, you know, how many biscuits is it quite nice to eat? Most people would probably say, oh, you know, it's, it's quite nice to have like one or two biscuits. You'd probably completely relate to the fact that after you've had like even one biscuit, the pleasure of the second biscuit is diminished because there's always this law of diminishing returns. Once you've had one of something, like whether that's one glass of wine, one slice of cake, uh, one portion of fries, there's no way that the second of those things is gonna be as delicious as the first was. So firstly, when you're just in a normal state of mind, you can see that, but probably because of your past relationship with food, probably because of the fact that you've kind of given food this power by seeing that it's sort of a treat food. It's something you need to restrict. It's something that you can't control yourself around. You're completely believing that narrative. And the more you believe that you can't have something, the more you want it. And if you believe that it's a food that's going to um, be restricted, your drive to eat more of it than you actually even want is going to be much, much higher. And when you start giving yourself complete permission to eat the food, it's really interesting what happens because your drive comes down when you're like, oh, there's a whole packet of mince pies in the kitchen. I can eat all of them if I want to. When you then ask yourself like, you might even have to say it out loud, or you might have to write it down. Like I have complete permission to go into the kitchen and eat six mince pies and then get curious about whether you want to do that. Like what, how would that make you feel? Well, it's going to make me feel sick. Um, it's probably gonna you know uh, not align with my goal at the moment which is to try and be quite protein and vegetable centric at the moment and to kind of feel better in my body so it's going to take me away from those things that I've said are really important to me but my drive to do it is because it's going to be delicious and it's like well is it going to be delicious yes the first one will definitely be delicious how will the second one be Mm, less delicious how will the third one be well i'll probably be feeling quite sick so your belief around how delicious the opportunity to eat all the mince pies will be needs to be challenged so but you have to kind of bring the words forward and it might be you need to talk to yourself out loud might be that you need to journal about it. it might be that next time you get that urge to do it that you actually go and get whatever the food is and you sit down with it and you give yourself complete permission to eat as many of the biscuits as you want with a nice cup of tea sat down, but you do it without distraction. And you actually try and tune into when have you had enough? And if you get to the end of the biscuit pack, how do you feel? And actually write about it, journal about it. Give yourself complete permission to go on the journey of allowing yourself to eat in the way that you feel restricted from doing, because it is the restriction that is driving that urge to do it. So um, I know that this was a specific person's question, but I would love to know how you get on. So let me know. Other things to chat about. I mean, somebody was asking about tiredness. Tiredness, I think, is huge. I think it's huge this time of year. We're getting up and it's dark. We basically get home probably like from work and it's dark. So yeah, and it could be depending on your own specific set of circumstances, sort of multifactorial, but I really want you to maybe revisit some of the sleep podcasts. I want you to make sure that you're thinking about optimizing sleep from the minute that you wake up in the morning. So that means getting sunshine into your eyeballs, onto your skin as early as you can in the day. It means I want you to start practicing counting down from five to one as soon as the alarm clock goes off. So five, four, three, two, one, get up use that like little bit of uh cortisol that little spike um of stress hormone in the mornings to get yourself up and moving do make sure that you're inserting movement ideally into the first part of your day combine that with getting a bit of sunshine Do make sure that you're thinking about your sleep environment, that your phone is no longer charging in your bedroom, like literally do like an audit because being tired is miserable. So please make sure that you're turning off your phones, you're turning off your computers at least an hour before bed. Ideally that you are bringing the temperature of your room down to make it cooler, that you maybe have a hot herbal tea or have a hot bath because actually that makes you sweat a little bit and again brings down your core temperature making sure that you have done your evening routine so what went well today what will go better tomorrow take that opportunity as well just to scribble down anything that's on your mind that you feel like you haven't succeeded in doing today so it's not just sitting there you know it's on a list of things that you're going to deal with tomorrow that you know the you of the future has got that sorted and you can just relax Trying to think of the other things that I think are particularly useful. I think they probably are the main things that I have uh, read about. Uh, I mean, the only other one is if you are drinking caffeine, do stop by about midday. So make sure that your caffeine habit switches to decaf um, from after lunchtime to make sure, again, that that is not playing into your system and to know that eating late at night. Um, is not helpful so you really want to close your eating window I would say try and push your evening meal a little bit earlier have like a bit of a ritual of closing the window I'm going to be posting I'll say it here and then I'll have to do it Um, a recipe for pistachio and cacao energy balls And my plan this week is to actually move away from my Greek yogurt habit. And uh, after dinner, have one of these delicious energy balls and to have it with a cup of herbal tea, because I also have been reading an incredible book. I think it's somewhere, but anyway, it's all about um, our immune systems and it talks about sleep. And apparently in just two pistachio nuts, you get a dose of melatonin, which is fantastic for aiding you into sleep. So um, I'll post up the recipe again for those. And was there anything else I was thinking of? And yeah, booze, obviously booze is a killer. Um, I think for any woman, (laughs) I don't know, most of the women I talk to who are over the age of about 38, we've just realized that hormonally, whatever's happening, whatever starts to go on, there's some inability to process alcohol and just be really mindful if you're putting alcohol into your system that it will disrupt your sleep and it's going to make you feel more tired. So I know in the group we were trying to say how many alcohol free days we were planning for in October and it worked really nicely. But there's no reason you can't take that through into November and into December and just set yourself a target and choose. You probably have a belief that you have to drink to have a really great time, uh, but maybe that might be another one that you need to do some of the, the work behind challenging like do you have a better time what's the time like that you're going to be having the next day how does that align with your actions at the moment if it's making you feel sluggish like you don't want to eat properly like you don't want to move you don't want to train and getting really excited about what you're doing the next day like maybe plan in a run quite early the next morning maybe book into a class maybe book yourself um with your buddy to do a virtual class at the same time at quite an early moment and get excited about it, get excited about that feeling of afterwards. Because I often feel that when we're planning in kind of social occasions, I know I used to then also have to like plan in a buffer of not being able to do very much the next day. And then I just realized that that was really rubbish and uh, didn't really want to be giving up so much of my life to feeling a bit jaded. Um, I think, apart from a question, and I will do more research on this. I had a question about collagen supplements. I don't know enough about collagen supplements. So I'm going to ask on my EIQ nutrition group for them to um, talk about it again. As far as I'm aware, I don't think there's amazing evidence. And I think as far as kind of repairing from injury following like a Mediterranean diet, making sure that it's quite a whole food diet, that you're getting all those healthy fats, that you are getting plenty of protein in as they're the building blocks for making muscle, that that is probably got far more evidence behind it than collagen supplements. Um, But I will get back to you guys. Anyway, I thought I'd come in and just practice doing these little lives. And, uh, Thank you for listening. I'll try and convert this to a little podcast too because I quite like the idea of you listening and stepping at the same time. All right, guys, take care. Bye.